Hey guys, welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. Ashley, how are you doing, babe? I'm doing great. How are you, girl? Good, good. We have some sun shining weather and I'm just loving it. Oh my God. I feel like this year more than ever, I, I don't know why, but I probably do. Summer just is such a welcome this year. Like I haven't ever felt so like, oh, thank God it's here. I didn't realize that I was waiting for it this much or needing it or craving it the way that I am this year. Totally. Totally. And even just the recharge you get from the sun. I know for me, like just having the sun on my skin, I'm a happier person. Totally. And I, I did this just the other day. I was out for a run and I'm like literally taking the sun and I'm trying to pour it into my heart. I'm like, clear this energy, right? It's that pure source of white light. Come on, clear me, clear me. Um, and it just, yeah, it's got this recharge factor. When I wake up in the morning and the sun's like coming through my windows, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day. Totally. <laughs> right? Totally. And even how the days are longer. So the sun comes up earlier. I actually love that. And the way that it comes in, my husband's like, can we just get blackout curtains? I'm like, I love that it like naturally wakes us up earlier just because the sun's coming in through the windows. But I thought today's episode, we could dive into all that summer entails in my yes. world. So often people are like, oh, they either dread the summer, they love all the fun things that are happening, but if they're working towards fitness, health, fat loss goals, they really struggle with the fact that um, summer just looks different. There might be more drop-ins on a Wednesday night where you have a drink on your uh, back patio kind of thing. Yeah. Or maybe you're going away, maybe you have a vacation week. And then there's just more like barbecues and like all day by the pool and yes. all of that crammed into like aches. And all of a sudden you're surrounded by people who are doing something different than you. Potentially. But if you're in a weight loss phase or you're restricting certain things or you're exercising, all of a sudden you might be around people who aren't doing that. And so it becomes more easy to... That's more easy. It becomes easier to go, well, I can let that go today or I can release that or, oh, well, nobody else is doing this. Right. And so how do you, how do we manage this from like that weight loss exercise, want to be healthy, want to maintain my goals, but also we have social goals. We have social gatherings, wanting to keep that peace, enjoy it, but not from a place of guilt because I think that's one of the things that can show up is I've been doing all these things all winter I love what's happening I love the structure of my life and now that structure is loosening and I don't want to lose sight of the goals that I have achieved or am achieving but I want to still participate in those things that I enjoy which include family friends booze and food Mm -hmm, absolutely and I think one of the key factors is within those eight weeks do you actually really want to still see a drop on the scale or are you comfortable just sitting here for a bit and often if somebody is on a fat loss goal or is really making changes to their lifestyle the summer is actually a really great time to do what we call a diet break that's not Mm. where you go completely bananas but we're just eating at maintenance calories with not having the focus on trying to reduce body fat um, so during that time, we would bring your calories back up. We would bring your, or give your metabolism a little bit of a break. So you have a little bit more freedom and flexibility with 
the amount of food that you're consuming. So that's one of the things, depending on where somebody's at with their journey, that can be really, really well suited for those weeks. Now, from a practical standpoint, if you aren't somebody that's tracking calories or not tracking macros, I think one of the first things that I ask people is, do you find that peer pressure in those settings is something that shows up? So that's come on, just have one. And you, if you're being true to yourself, don't actually want to have one. So if that's, if it's peer pressure that's coming up for you and you're like, I just don't actually want to have a beer. I don't want to eat the potato salad. I don't want that. I think then from your side of things is, are you making that choice to make the other person happy? Are you having the drink because you actually really want the damn drink? Or are you having it just because you want them to shut up? So that's the first thing to ask yourself. The old Angewood. Exactly. The old Angewood. Totally. And oh, now all, you're too good for us. Totally. Right? So it's fault. That first piece is, is it peer pressure that's showing up or is it that you actually want the thing? So if it's peer pressure, I think there's a couple of things. One of them is honest communication with the people around you saying, no, these are my goals. This is what I'm working towards. I actually really don't want the drink and I hope that you respect my decision. And if people aren't able to see that, you either change your social setting or you just know that you have to build the strength to say no because you don't actually want it. If you want it, totally different ballgame. But if it's peer pressure, then you're either changing the setting or you're building up the strength and the courage to say no, because you just don't want it. Now, for the people that are like, oh, I do want it. How that do girl. I am that girl. <laughs> how do I manage and structure what that looks like? The first thing is bringing something that you know it's maybe a healthier variation of what's going to be served or something that you're going to really enjoy. So mm-hmm. you you know that they're going to have all of these things. Typically in social settings, you know that like Aunt Tannis is going to bring the spinach dip that she always brings, like whatever that's going to be. Right. Right. In that setting, you know what's going to be generally in a group environment. You kind of have your go-tos. Sure. So bringing something that you know that is on plan for you, that is maybe like a healthier variation of certain recipes is one thing. And then the other thing is just making sure that protein is a priority. Yeah, at a barbecue, there is going to be protein, but sometimes it's just like hot dogs, sausages, burgers, which can be okay, but you can get more protein by maybe having that and then bringing some other things like your hard-boiled eggs or sure. some deli meat or cans of tuna, just some additional protein to help round out the meal. So it's not like only like 20 grams of protein that you're having in the whole time. You're able to have more, which A, is going to make you feel more satisfied and it's going to make it that you're not having like three or four burgers just to get to your protein target. Right. And so when you're saying these, I'm like, okay, because this happened, we had a girls, a girls weekend. Um, it was, I think it was around Christmas. I'm not sure. Anyways, it was like chips, dips, like all the, like so many good treats. Right. And this happens in the summer too. Right. It's like all the things that I'm like, I want to eat all that stuff, but I'm bringing a veggie tray and I'm setting the veggie tray in front of me because what happens is we, we snack on what's there. Yes. Right. And so if it's nuts and if it's vegetables and dip or whatever, knowing that that's what I park in front of me, I'm not parking in front of the cheesy hot dip that yes, I will love. I can still have that. I still want that. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to put things on my plate, but I'm not going to sit myself in front of that. Right. So if I'm just going to like sit and munch and snack, it's going to be on the broccoli. It's going to be on the carrots. It's going to be on whatever I set in front of me. So choosing that, being more mindful about it is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. 
Totally. And I would say, too, looking at what the day is going to look like. Are you going there at 9 a.m.? Are you going there at 12? Are you going there at 5? Whatever the day is going to look like, you can really set your day up for success. Do you need to move your body in the morning? Maybe you're going to do a workout. Maybe you're going to go for a run. Maybe you're going to do something to just be active in that beginning stage. Or maybe you're going somewhere where that could be part of what you're doing. Could you add in a bike ride? Could you add in a buggy walk? Could you be doing those things so you're not necessarily sitting for the entire duration and just being mindful of how can I still make this day incredibly active, even if you are going to be in a social setting. Now, the other thing I would say is when we're looking at your meals for the day, often settings are going to be really high in carbohydrates and fats. Mm -hmm. Typically you go into the setting and that's pretty much what's served. There'll be minimal amounts of protein. So when I'm suggesting what you would have for breakfast or lunch for the day, you really want to make sure that you've loaded up on a bunch of protein so that you're feeling really satisfied. So the way that that would often be, um, or what I would often suggest would morning could be, let's say like a big omelet with a couple of eggs, some egg whites with it, some vegetables in there. So you're not doing a ton of carbohydrates and not a ton of fat because you know, you're going to have a lot of that later on when you're in that setting. And then lunch, same thing. And Definitely go for volumes, lots of vegetables, maybe a big salad, a big portion of protein with that as well. You're probably going to skip an AM snack just so that you've had maybe not as many calories as what you would typically have going into the setting. Um, And then you go into the setting. Uh, not totally famished. I think so often it's like, oh, it's going to be a big day. I'm going to not eat anything. Mm -hmm. And if you're really hungry, your brain's going to take over and it's going to be like, I'm starving. I will eat anything. And so you don't want to go in being like, I'm not going to eat, eat anything. You want to make sure that you've got some good nutrients um, prior to going. And then you kind of set your day up for up for success with that. Now let's talk about alcohol. <gasps> so before we dive in on that, I just, one thing that's popping up as a like little memory was a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last weekend. I don't know. My days are all just mush. <laughs> blend in I don't know what day is the weekend um my husband's parents were over and we were having burgers right and at the last minute I'm like oh my gosh we are literally only having burgers there's no sides there's no veggies so I quick whipped up a salad and I'm like oh my goodness they're gonna be nobody's gonna say anything but I feel like they're going to think she's not eating a bun why isn't she eating a bun with her burger First of all, I don't really love buns on my burgers. I, I love carbs. I love all that stuff. Cool. But I don't love the way a burger tastes with a bun. I'm a weirdo a little bit. That's okay. But I'm like, oh, they're going to be thinking that this is like a fat loss or Ashley's on a diet or whatever kind of thing. And I was just like, girl, get the fuck over yourself and do what you want to do. So I didn't have my burger with a bun. I like cut it up and dipped it in my ketchup and loved every minute of it. I had two actually. It was wonderful. But I was like, oh, the way that that showed up was just like, what are other people going to think? Totally. And then being like, get over that. Move on. Totally. And it comes back to, you mentioned this in our previous episode of be courageous for 20 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, just like bite the bullet, do it anyway. And I was like, I'm doing what I got to do because. True to you. Like if that's what you want, like you say, I don't even really like the bun. Why the hell are you eating the bun? But social pressure. And I think that's, right? Like we think that way because we don't want to hurt. This sounds so ridiculous when we say it outside of our own brains, but this is what we think is I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. I don't want, because Cam's parents brought the buns. They went fresh to the bakery. They wanted, right? Like 
I know that buns and pastries and those kinds of things are really important to them. Um, having it fresh, having it, right? Whereas our buns are in the freezer and they came from the grocery store three weeks ago, right? We, it's not as big of a priority. So I was like, oh, are they going to be offended that they went and got these buns and I'm now not eating any of them, right? But I'm like, girl, if somebody gets offended about buns, they will have to tell you. And then you'll just have to explain that you don't want to eat buns. Like this is really basic, but it's what goes on in our brains. So it was just letting that go, I think. But yeah, just a funny little aside story connected to what you're saying. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah, so, so booze. Booze, Tell me about yeah. booze. <laughs> it's funny because some of my girls will say, like, I'm a summer drinker. I don't drink, I don't drink <laughs> other than in the summer. And I actually think that's a thing where, like, until the heat and you're outside and you're socializing more, maybe it isn't a thing for when you're inside in the winter. Okay. So for the summer drinker crowd who are like, oh, yeah, I'm, that I know that I'm going to want to participate in, um, yeah, in that because it's the summer. For sure. I think there's a few really great options in terms of what's on the market from a cooler standpoint. You're going to notice that, like, a lot of those smaller cans are now, like, 100 calories. Um, there's Smirnoff that makes a really great one. Um, I heard about one last night, and I looked at the macros, and it looked good. Um, but Bee's Knees is apparently, like, a new one that's coming out. Uh-huh. pretty exciting for this year in terms of numbers um cottage country is another one um i kind of like the smaller can versus the bigger can even if you end up having more of them just because then you're having to refill more often i think if we have something in a larger container and you would have to go and grab it then you end up just naturally consuming more right yeah. so if you have a smaller container of it you're able to um yeah, maybe it'll be a little bit more mindful, but any of the like vodka soda, all of those would be really good uh, ideas. So what if I agree with you and I lean towards those, but I 100% am a beer girl. Mm-hmm. I love beer. I love the way that the cold beer in the summer shows up in my life, but I also know that it's not in alignment with the goals that I have as far as fat loss or my physique or whatever. So how, what if there is something that you absolutely love, but you know, it doesn't fit into kind of what your goal plan looks like as far as fitness. Mm -hmm. So I would say beer can totally be enjoyed. Anything that's in like the light family or like even like an ultra, like Michelob ultra, any of those would be a lot less in calories. You're really looking at, okay, one can of beer could either be 150 calories or it could be 60 calories. So if you're going to drink a few beers throughout the day, you're kind of looking, can I stretch my budget of calories, right? right? So looking at, okay, what, where could that be? Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, anything that falls into the like light, light color and light, um, yeah, light numbers would have lower calories versus let's say like a craft beer or something that's more robust. You're looking then at like each um, can or each bottle of it being closer to 150 calories right. for each. Um, and the other thing to really think about is something like a beer or a cooler is closer to like a 4% alcohol, which is a lot less than something like wine, which is like 
12 or 13% or something that's more like a vodka, which is going to be closer to the 40%. So one of the things I'll also say to people is choose your big rocks of what you are going to really enjoy. If you're just, if you've decided that to support your goals, you're going to spend 700 calories on alcohol today. Think about what you're actually going to enjoy. And then how would that, how would that look? Right. Right. So do you want a couple glasses of wine because it's going to be more satisfactory for you or because it's going to be higher in um, percentage of alcohol, depending on what you're wanting to accomplish on <laughs> the day. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, right? Pretty sure. So I think if you've decided that's where you're going to spend it, then you're just determining how you want to spend that amount of calories on what it is that you want to enjoy. For sure. Now, for the people that are listening that do count macros, you can essentially take booze and you can use it towards your carbs or fats for the day. And that's something I teach in my practice, but we essentially would take those numbers. We would figure out, okay, yep. Five coolers is what you want to work into your day, or you want a couple glasses of wine and you can still get to your goal with alcohol being included in that. That's totally okay. It's just that you have to be more mindful with your tracking process, figure out what your budget is going to be for your alcohol consumption throughout the day and then work backwards. For sure. Now, so one of the things that I find interesting is I work with you in terms of health, fitness, and I'm, you know, on a plan, it's all good, but I don't count macros. I don't count calories. And so for the person who's listening, who goes, okay, I'm not on a plan. I don't count my calories. I don't want to. What is the best wine? Red or white? What is the best beer? What is the best cooler? So if you're in a situation where you're like, well, I don't really care if I eat or sorry, if I drink this or this, which one's better? So red wine or white wine, what's better? All righty. So in terms of red or white, they're pretty much equivalent, to be completely honest, in terms of the numbers. Now, you will see things like skinny girl wines and ones that are going to be less in calories. And some people will say, oh, well, does that really matter? If a glass of wine is going to be 100 calories versus 150, absolutely. Now, do I always buy the skinny girl wine because it's going to be less in calories? Nah, just not my jam in terms of um, choice with that. But there are ones that are going to be less. So something that may be less in calories is often marketed in that way. So you will be able to find those sorts of things when you're looking like it'll say like no sugar wine or low carb wine. And on the back of it, it's going to show you for four ounces, 100 calories, whereas something that would be in your standard wine family is closer to 150 calories for it. But yeah, red and white totally equivalent in terms of calories. So there isn't going to be one. Okay. That's better than the other. I was under the impression that red was better. Interesting. Now it's interesting because that is only relevant if the alcohol content is the same of it. So for example, they're both 12%. The calories are generally the same back and forth for for the two of them. Um, All right, let's dive into beers. So in terms of the best light beers that are under 100 calories, I would suggest Corona Light, Heineken Light, Budweiser Select, or Miller Light are ones that are pretty close to the 100 calories. Then there's also Michelob Ultra, Miller 64, or Budweiser Select 55. Generally, with any of your beers, if you just type into Google, like, 
maybe your favorite beer, it will say what the calorie consumption is for that. So you're just looking for one that's like 100 calories or less, but you also want to make sure that you enjoy it. I don't want you guzzling a 66-calorie can just because you think it's going to help your goals and you're like, oh, I don't really like this. Right. So it's kind of that balance between what you actually enjoy and uh, what's going to be um, workable for the day. Things like craft beers, hard ciders generally are pretty high in calories. So like something that would be a tall boy, maybe like 250 to 300 calories per can. So something like that, higher in carbohydrates, which means higher in, in calories. Right. Okay. Now, in terms of coolers, things like I was talking a little bit about some of those options before, but even like Palm Bays are one of those things where Palm Bays are pretty popular in the summer, but for one Palm Bay, it's going to be very similar to a cider in terms of each can being 250 calories. And that can add up really quickly if you want to have six Palm Bays, right? So just some things to, to think about with um, that. Now, liquor, liquor is pretty equivalent in terms of calories across the board. It's just what we mix it with that we have to be like super mindful of, right? Okay. So if you mix it with pop all day or juice all day, that's where the calories start to add up, not necessarily from the booze, but what it is that you're adding to it. Right. And so it sounds almost to me like it's going back to that. We talk about volume eating, right? So having half a cup of rice, but having three cups of cauliflower rice, you can go to that volume place. You feel full. There's more bites, all of that. Same with alcohol. So if you choose a lower calorie alcohol, if you choose something that is lighter, you're not necessarily restricting yourself to, let's say, two beverages, you might be able to have four or five for the same kind of calorie balance. And so it's about if you're looking for volume, right? But to to know that you can enjoy a little bit more without feeling like, oh my gosh, I've gone over my budget. Mm -hmm. And so what happens though, if you do, what if you know that you shouldn't, that's not real in our world, but let's say that you feel badly that you have gone above your alcohol consumption as far as your goals go. Never mind like just being drunk, but let's say you do want a day where you are drinking palm base because you're on the river and you're canoeing or because you're out with friends or whatever the case is, but you do over imbibe. And how do we mitigate the guilt? Because I think that's right. That, that does show up the shame or the guilt of like, Oh, I love this. I really enjoyed it. But now I feel terrible. I may as well eat that bag of chips. I may as well have that burger with the bun. I may as well, whatever. How do you keep on course, even though you have gone off path? Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting. So there's a couple of things that show up for me when you say that, Ashley, and one of them is, Really, the next time that you consume anything is your opportunity to make a better choice or to kind of course correct. So it just depends. I think so often what happens is people just go, oh, today's a write-off. I will start fresh tomorrow versus the maybe had a bat, maybe had a lunch that you were like, ah, oh, I kind of went totally bananas. You could have still have a healthy dinner or maybe you had enough that you feel like you don't need to have dinner. So I would first say that instead of feeling as though you have to wait till tomorrow to start over, if you're starting to feel like, oh, OK, it wasn't like totally happy with the way that that went. You're looking at the next time that you put food or um, liquids into your body. You're thinking about how can I nourish my body and how can I add um, in that way in terms of the shame and guilt piece mm-hmm. it's interesting because 
the more often that you do it and honor what it is that you truly want and don't sit in that like shame and guilt cycle, the better that you are. So for some people, the way that that shows up is like, if you do better having things more frequently because waiting and then having one of those days just makes you feel really, really, really guilty. I essentially suggest exposure. If you want to have a Palm Bay on a Tuesday, work it into your numbers so that you're not feeling as though it needs to be this totally crazy river day of a bunch of consumption. If the shame and the guilt is showing up, if the shame and guilt is always showing up after those types of days, you need more exposure to those foods and more exposure to those liquids. So you're not feeling like I need to go totally crazy and bananas today because you've had it more often that you don't feel that way. So often for people, it's doing it more often. So it becomes less of a big deal in terms of the the consumption of the things that you may go over on. Right. Now, in terms of you have the day, let's say you're just looking, okay, it's already happened. I'm good. What do I do the next day? And so often people wake up the next day. Yeah. Shame and guilt may be there, but it's also like, how do I, what should I do today to kind of like manage that? Right. A wait until you're hungry to actually eat on that day, but ensure that you get tons of hydration in the morning. So whether that's coming from electrolytes or just from water by itself, just nourish your body with tons and tons of liquids versus waiting to have something right away. Often if we have had a day where we had a lot of calories, your body doesn't need breakfast like right away. Right. Right. You don't need to jump on that if you're trying to essentially like get towards goals and you're feeling that way. Just, Just wait till you feel hungry. Let those hunger pains like... Let your stomach gravel a little bit. Remember what that feels like. Yeah. I think okay. so often people are like, oh, this is like so unmanageable. I'm like, but is your stomach growling? And can you just develop awareness of like, I can stick this out for a couple of hours. Let's see how this feels. And I, obviously we're big proponents of fasting, but I think so often that next morning it's like, oh, I need to eat right away. Right. Right. And I think that was something that I had to really wrap my brain around And it was just like, I'm hungry. And you know what? I can be hungry. In the same way that I say to my kid who's upset about something and I say, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. Right? It's okay to be hungry. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to eat right this moment. Sure, if you need to, go ahead. But that whole place of like, I'm so hungry, I must eat. No, I'm so hungry. End of story. Be so hungry for a minute. That's okay. Right. And that's, I think, something that we can when we are in those social settings too. oh, I really want that thing. So have that thing and then be done with it. Yeah. And focus on the big rocks. What are the things that you really, 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 really want? For sure. And that's I've said this before. So Sunday supper, we know that we get together. My mom always has like potatoes. Oh, always. There's sometimes they're cheesy potatoes. Sometimes they're barbecue potatoes. Sometimes they're baked potatoes. Sometimes they're twice baked potatoes with cheese and gravy and all the good things. Right. But honestly, potatoes don't really do it for me. There's something I put on my plate that because they're there. So I just realized I'm like, this is like a carbohydrate that I don't actually love. I love the carrots with the honey glaze. I'm going to double up on those. And I know there's honey glaze and I don't care, like it's delicious. So I'm going to eat it. But I, but it's being very aware of those things that, oh my God, I must have that because it's so good. And eh, this is something I could take or leave. Totally. Right. And when I think too, you've mentioned this, when I'm getting together with people, with friends, with family, having foods that are comparable. So for me, 
chips. I like chips, especially if I'm drinking. Mm. I do. Mm. But to me, mini rice cakes that you can buy at the grocery store, ketchup flavored. I don't know why, but those are my favorite. But to me, that's like a chip. And so I can meet that craving when I'm drinking, but without the the calorie intake without the sluggish feeling in my belly is kind of the biggest thing. Right. And so knowing what foods are comparable, but still scratch that itch. Totally. Because when you're drinking and let's be honest, if you got a good buzz on, you don't really care. Totally. So having those foods handy, easy to reach and are the same thing basically, but just a better calorie content. Totally. Bring those. Absolutely. Right. Be the person who brings the rice cakes to the party. Totally. I mean, that's literally our party every weekend. It's like you show up, you're like, I brought the rice cakes, but we obviously have tons of rice cakes too. Cause yeah, we're rice cake people, but yeah, rice cakes is one of them. I would say too, like ice cream. We talk about this a lot with the women that I work with. I'm like, honestly, there's ice creams out there where you can eat one of those entire mini tubs. And the entire thing is like 500 calories for you to be able to have that amount of ice cream. You would get, like, in your traditional ice cream, you would get, like, the smallest little amount. And, like, maybe you do want just a couple of bites, and you're good to go with that. No, you don't. (laughs) But often when you're drunk, you don't. No. You don't want to have. You want to have that volume. So having those things on hand, um, Smart Sweets is another company that's really fantastic. So they do, like, candies. So if you're somebody that, like that's what you want to have. They have like gummy worms, um, sour, like watermelon slices, like all those kinds of like traditional candies, Mm. but it's just going to be a healthier version of that. And I think you still need to have those things on hand because we're creatures of habit. And and certainly when we're drunk, we're still going to have those cravings that show up. So having those things on hand can be super helpful. I know you and your husband like hard boiled eggs. (laughs) So ridiculous. But you need to be prepared for that because you know, you've been drinking, you want to eat hard boiled eggs. They're good to go. Ready to go for me and my husband right now. We're on like a prosciutto kick. So like pretty much every, yeah, pretty much every night. It's like, if we're drinking, totally it's wine prosciutto, mm. dairy-free cheese, and we're just living our best life. So. I love it. That sounds really tasty. We hard-boiled, I kid you not, 30 eggs the other day <laughs> for this weekend, literally for this weekend, because our kids like demoed a bunch at lunch, so did we, and I'm like, oh, we're going to the cottage, we're going to a birthday party, let's, so we hard-boiled 30 eggs. Awesome, and preparation <laughs> is like so key. I think so often if we don't have those things like you had to take action and do that sort of preparation. And like, I think it's so much of it is like the consciousness going into so many settings being like, no, I'm going to come prepared with the things that I know are going to help support my goals and help me feel really great. In the same way that we would for our children. In the same way that we would for our kids. Would you, I would not go anywhere without snacks for my kids because they're going to allegedly in their own brains, die of hunger. They won't, obviously. But, right? So, preparing... I prepare for my kids, like, 90. And so, preparing for yourself is no different. It's knowing that you can, you should, and there's no guilt or shame connected to that. Totally. And I would say the other thing that we always come armed with is, like, our big water jugs. And, like, Mio squirted into it, and, like... Well, it doesn't need to be Mio. Any sort of... We buy the PC, cheap brand, but... Um, like, the, like the pink water. Yeah, right. So, and bringing that with you yes. on all of the settings and just having it, have it be your little 
sidekick that you bring. Because yes. if you bring a tiny water bottle, you're going to drink it once, but you're probably not going to refill it. Totally. If you fill up a two and a half liter <laughs> water jug and it's there, it's great. And I feel like doing that either in between drinks or after drinking or like the morning after, yes. you just have it all available. Um, and having that big water jug can be super helpful. Especially for me, I know and I have the same water jug. It's huge. It's from awesome. Walmart. It's like from really it's, it's literally four ninety five. Like it's. I think ours cracked. I need to get some more. They're they're not the best quality, but they're high volume. You can get that water into you. For me, and I think a lot of people in social settings, we we drink because we're nervous. Or, anxiety, right? or not even it's that, but it's also like needing something to do with our hands. Mm. Right. And so by having that water jug in your hands, you're sipping on something, you're social. Right. So I think a lot of times the the nervousness that comes with those social settings, we have a hard time just standing there being sober with our hands at our side. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to drink and you need something in your hands, putting that water bottle there that is, you know, something to sip on. When I was pregnant and go to stag and doze, I'm like, oh my God, I'm up all night peeing anyways, but more so because I just needed something in my hands. Mm -hmm. It just felt awkward to not have something in my hands, something to sip on between conversation or you're kind of like standing around going like, okay, right? It gives you something to do versus going, I feel awkward. I feel nervous. I feel anxious. I don't want to be here. Totally. Yeah. One thing that I want to talk about a little bit is in relation to everything we've talked about when it comes to meeting goals, social settings, calories, all of that. I think one of the things for me that has been a big shift in my mindset is what is the reason that I'm doing this thing? What is the reason that I work out? What is the reason that I eat nutritious things? It's to enhance my life. Right. So I'm not trying to deplete my life. I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm trying to add to it. My friends add to my life. Drinking with my friends adds to my life. Having meals with my friends adds to my life. Right. And so remembering why you're doing this. You're not doing this only to be 140 pounds on the scale. You're not doing this to be super jacked and have abs forever. This is all to enhance your life. And so if summer is a time of fun and pleasure with friends, and that means more booze, it means more carbs, it means more of that, doing that in a way that makes sense for you allows you to stay on course for your goals because you don't want to just let everything go to the wayside. I get that. But also remembering that I want my life to be lit the hell up. And that means friends. For me, yes, it means wine. It means I'm fit. It means I'm comfortable in my body in those settings, right? And so by completely losing sight of one of those to have the other is not enhancing my life. Like if I said, you know what? I'm on a 1200 calorie thing and therefore I can't hang out with certain people at XYZ because... I just can't stay on track. If that depletes me to not see and be in those situations, then why the hell am I doing this program over here? Right? So it's all about the whole point is to enhance life. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like 
yes, there's seasons, but I think there's a piece of it where it's like you get to a spot and a lot of gals that I work with get to this place where it's like, I would love to lose like five to seven more pounds. And I'm like, okay, at what cost? Yes. Are you willing to sacrifice this? Nah, not really. Are you willing to sacrifice this? Nah, probably not really. So there's a point, I think, for a lot of women, men, maybe not as much, where it's like, yeah, you could be a little bit leaner. Yeah, you could see a little bit more definition in your body for those five to seven pounds that you have in your brain. Yeah. But at what cost? And is it missing out on those memories that actually bring you joy? And I think so often when we step outside of that, we're like, Honestly, are we going to lose and gain the same five to seven pounds over and over and over? Or it could be more than that, but of like the gaining thing just to then feel comfortable in our skin. Or do we need to work on the self-love piece to love myself here, even though I want to lose seven more pounds, right? And I think so often that shows up for me where it's like, yes, it's enhancing, but it's also for somebody like getting very clear on what it is that you really want most. Do you really want this most or do you really want this most? And sometimes those things can't exist. And some people, they got the genetics. Some people just have the genetics that they are going to be shredded, lean, fit, look like the dream body to you. And they might not even try. And that's just them. Sharina, I'm talking to you here, girl. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just their genetics are just set up for that. You are never going to change that. You may look closer to that. But at what cost? And like, I don't know. I think there's a big piece for the person who is working towards goals. Great. Be disciplined. Be determined if that is your path. But just make sure that what you're doing is in alignment of what you actually want most. Will you gain that much more from your life losing by losing those seven pounds? Will your life be that much better by losing those seven pounds? Or are we just going to need to work on I need to love my body here. Yes. And that's cool too. It's the cost versus benefit. Totally. Right? And so I think at the beginning of a fat loss journey for somebody who is looking to lose a lot of weight, the benefit does outweigh the cost. But by the time you get down to those last five, seven, ten pounds, the cost is actually a lot higher. Totally. Does it mean I can't eat supper with my kids because they're all eating burgers and I'm over here sucking back a chicken breast that I don't want? Right. And right. So I think it's, it's absolutely that. And I got to that point. I know that there was a number in my head that I was like, I want to get there. I want to get there. I want to get there. And I was struggle busting it. I got so close, but um, it went to a point of like, what I have to do to be here, maintain here, to stay here, to be in this place. It's hard for me. It's a whole lot easier for me to just like be okay with the extra 10 pounds, which is still like great. I feel good in my body, right? Is this extra 10 pounds going to limit my sex life? Is it going to impact the way I can interact with my children? Is it going to change the way I can eat with my family? So if that's 10 pounds, I'm good with it. If I have to lose that 10 pounds and I have to restrict the way I eat with my family, It doesn't mean that I have to do things that takes time away from my family even more, right? So it's, it is that cost versus benefit thing. Absolutely. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for diving in on that. Yeah. I feel like that might be a wrap for today if you're feeling. Yeah. I think we've uh, hit some really good points. Mm -hmm. Sounds good, my love. All right. Well, we will see you guys next Thursday. As always, we appreciate you guys being here. And if there, maybe, hmm. 
Hmm, I'm just trying to think about next topic. We might need another Q&A coming down the line. Yeah, guys, if you have any questions, please toss them our way. Ange is in the fitness world. She's the coach. She's the boss. She knows everything there is to know about nutrition, health, fitness. She's your girl. Um, if you have any energy questions, anything about chakras, anything about, um, we actually talked about energy vampires. So if you have any questions about any of that, um, toss them my way and we will uh, join you guys next week. Sounds good, guys. Ciao for now.